was kind of like, why do we even spend nine months planning the summit? It only takes one week. You know what I mean? <laughs> of really like hyper focused yeah. this time. <laughs> Hey, this is Heath Padgett, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 201. The RV Entrepreneur is a podcast for nomadic entrepreneurs, and on today's episode, I wanted to share a conversation that Alyssa and I had earlier this year after having to cancel our in-person RV Entrepreneur Summit. If you're not familiar, this is a conference that we put on every spring since 2017, and this year was set to be our fourth and biggest year yet. The event is really centered around bringing people in the RV Entrepreneur community together. That's a lot of words. (laughs) Sharing ideas, workshops, and talks around how we've made an unconventional lifestyle work for us and our families. It's typically one of our literal favorite weeks of the entire year. We love just being able to be around so many like-minded people, and we always come away with a ton of energy and just excitement for the year. But this year was different. RVE was scheduled to take place the same exact week as the CDC declared COVID a pandemic, and the NBA and MLB were shut down, and everyone was just trying to scramble and figure out what to do next. Prior to this happening, we were paying attention to the news, and if you remember that week, everything ramped up so quickly and it felt like all of a sudden everything had changed. To set the stage for the conversation that happens on the podcast today, this took place a week after we canceled the conference and switched to a virtual event. We were sitting outside our campground in Tuscumbia, Alabama in the grass and you can hear some wind and background noise and the occasional plane fly overhead. But I wanted to share some of this conversation after I've now had some distance and time to get some clarity uh, and process this moment because I feel there's some lessons that I'd like to share in this episode and just from this experience as a whole. Specifically, some of the things I felt I could take away from this experience and maybe you could as well is how to communicate during a crisis moment, whether you're talking to customers or attendees at a conference like we were. Parkinson's law and how our work tends to expand to fill the amount of time available for it or in our situation, the lack of time available for it why hosting a virtual event was anticlimactic for us, and some of the specifics of the tools we ended up using to host our virtual conference. If you plan on hosting any kind of virtual event in the future, I can kind of just walk through some of the tools that we use to plan our event. All right, let's get into it. When you called me from Palm Springs, and I had been watching, I hadn't been watching the news, but I had been like watching the CDC website and like reading all of their like guidelines for event organizers. Oh, and one other thing I wanted to mention, the week before our summit kicked off, I ended up flying to Palm Springs to speak at a Winnebago dealer event. Every year, Alyssa and I always end up having multiple things that take place before and after our conference. And every year we tell ourselves, we are not going to do anything leading up to hosting our event because if you're an event planner, as you know, it's just a really crazy time. But I ended up saying yes to this. It it was the Wednesday uh, before our conference. And it was also the same Wednesday that Tom Hanks contracted COVID. And basically things started spiraling downhill fast with the pandemic. Not only were we going to have to make a decision about canceling our conference, but we were also going to have to do it while completely across the country from each other. I remember this, but I also remember like that week before, I think I've been paying a lot closer attention to everything. And I felt like you're stressing out or thinking that we might have to do, I I could just tell that we were not on the same place because I knew you'd been so busy, rightfully so. I'd been so busy just planning the event. I couldn't entertain the thought that the event could be canceled Uh or that we would cancel it or that it would get shut down or whatever. And so I was like, I'm just gonna, I just kept pushing and and getting everything done that needed to get done and paying for things that needed to get paid for instead of maybe taking a step back, which maybe I should have done, right? And said, okay, well, there's a very good chance that 
the entire country is about shut down. But there haven't been declared a pandemic yet. Mm-mm. So it was just like, okay, so some people on the West Coast, like two thousand miles away that's not going to affect me in rural Alabama and then it was just like New York Pennsylvania New Mexico all of a sudden it started just closing in and then you flew out to Palm Springs for that speaking gig and I guess when you were gone I had the chance to sit and internalize it a little more and be like okay this is a serious situation we're about to be bringing people in from all over the country mm-hmm. And I wasn't even thinking about all of the work that we had put into it at that point mm-hmm. and like having to cancel it. I was just thinking we need to buy hand sanitizer, you know, right. like we need to like find, make sure that they have the staff to sanitize the chairs and the doors and like clean the bathrooms. Oh. Like I was just creating more work in my mind instead of actually taking a minute and being like, wait a second, it might be time to reevaluate the whole event. Well, I think at that time, too, you can just tell the fact of that we were thinking about sanitation and fist bumping. Mm-hmm. The way that things have escalated over the past two weeks, that feels like a million years ago. Because oh, now yeah. the idea of even gathering more than 10 people, people are, you know, like you're not supposed to be doing that. The day the MLB, NCAA, NBA all got canceled, mm-hmm. you know, Tom Hanks getting the virus, that's the day where everything changed. And that was like the Wednesday that I was gone. Yep. And then that Thursday morning, I called from the airport. I don't remember what I said, but I was like, we need to get Jed and Michelle on a call. Yep. You and I talked first, and I was just, I think we have to pull the plug. I don't remember exactly what I said. You, you said, we we can't do it. We can't, we can't do the event. That was, yeah, the morning after that all the sports leagues decided to cancel or postpone, whatever. And you were like, we have two options. We can postpone or we can try to make it a fully virtual event and drive out to Armosa Studios, see if we can rent the studio space from them, live stream, use their internet, all of that. And I think I cut you off and I was like, we can't postpone. We have no idea when events will be allowed again. It's too many logistics is going to cost us way more i think in the back of my mind i was almost leaning towards postponing you were i could tell from the way you were talking to me you're like we'll just postpone it but that's so many people's travel plans so many people would want refunds and then in the moment it just seemed like an easier solution to say we'll just come back pick up where we left off kind of hit pause hit pause and just still do the full event and then come back at that point we already had all of the shirts all of the notebooks all of the water bottles, all of the name tags, the bags, like 30, felt like 30 boxes of it stuff. It felt like we could just come back, though, and say, like, hey, look, this isn't what we thought, but come back either next spring or later this year, and mm-hmm. maybe we'll just do the event. And then when you said do the virtual event, I'm pretty sure I was just like, okay, we'll do that. I don't Thank think I really you. pushed back on it. You didn't all. push back. I was like, we're not postponing, period. And you were like, okay. <laughs> Yeah. And I, <laughs> that's I, probably like the shortest conversation we've ever had on like a business decision decision like that. But it was at the point where we realized we were a week away. We were less than a week away because the event was going to kick off on Monday and this was Thursday. And we already had people at the campground asking us what's going on or people that were like on their way asking us, hey, am I even still supposed to drive out to you guys? And we knew that we had to be fast and decisive and it went from us deciding to do the virtual event to making something like 30 phone calls and like multiple slack messages and emails and canceled invoices i'm emailing all of our vendors 
Right before we pulled the plug on RVE, I was at a dinner event with Winnebago in Palm Springs, and I ended up getting to talk with the CEO, Mike Happy, for a little while. Everyone was starting to feel uneasy about what was going on, and I just wanted to get his thoughts, and so I asked him what he uh, thought about us continuing on with our event. And he thought about it, and he really just said, Heath, we're in uncharted waters right now. None of us have ever had a deal with a global pandemic, and we were getting so much information thrown at us so quickly. And I do remember him explicitly saying, if it was my event and I was hosting it next week, I wouldn't do it. During this time period, we really didn't have a clear set of action steps. We weren't sure what the right decision was, though it's clear and easy to see now in retrospect, as it always is. We just had to act. This moment for me was really a lesson in practicing making decisive action. I tend to be somebody who sits and thinks and ponders and then thinks some more and then asks some friends and then get some more counsel and then I journal. And then ultimately I finally make a decision at what is usually a much slower pace than I should. Ultimately, I realized that whether it's a slow or fast decision, there will always be a chance that you make the wrong call. And in this moment, I realized that making the wrong call isn't a good enough reason to not make the decision in the first place. In retrospect, doing the virtual event was awesome because Mm -hmm. now it's done. I think the past two weeks now, like you got back two weeks ago. In that time, we remade our whole schedule, communicated with all of our volunteers, our speakers, our sponsors. The fact that we reworked everything in one week, less than a week, technically, because we launched like Friday morning and we started Friday morning, like the week before, and had the event and now we're one week removed from the event. I I can't recall anything from that first week of like replanning the whole conference. If I close my eyes, all I can see is the spreadsheet, all those pages of that spreadsheet. <laughs> Once we made the call to call the event. Once we decided, I hung up, called Wes. Mm-hmm. Got us the studio space. Did first. the live stream. I called all of our big sponsors that I could get on the call, which was like 30 minutes because my plane was boarding. Mm -hmm. And then when I got on the plane, I texted screenshot and text updates to our speakers Mm -hmm. to let them know what was going on. Oh, yeah, because we posted to our attendees. Yeah, but I wanted to let as many speakers know before we let attendees know as possible. I didn't get all of them, but I got a lot of them. We had a private Facebook group set up for RVE Summit to communicate with attendees, as we've kind of done every year. And I wanted to share the note that I actually posted into the group during this time, as I felt it could help shed some light into the type of exact communication that we had with our attendees. This was my post RVE Summit update. Hey everyone, I feel sick to my stomach as I type this out. A lot has changed and unfolded in the past 24 hours with the virus. Even with no known cases in Alabama, the risk of potentially being quarantined or travel restrictions has really upped the risk of people not being able to be with their families if more strict rules are put in place. We've been getting calls and emails of people who cannot make the event and are concerned about being away from their families during this time. Also, we feel it's important to do our part during this time to mitigate exposure as many events and larger gatherings are currently being discussed. It's the hardest decision we've ever had to make in our business. But at the end of the day, we have to do what we feel is best for everyone involved in this event given these updates. For these reasons, we are officially canceling the in-person portion of RVE Summit and will be moving the sessions to a produced live stream with main stage talks and workshops still taking place virtually. Here's what this means. RVE Junior. We are giving 100% refund to RVE Junior ticket holders and anyone who bought the dinner ticket as these events will not be taking place. Main RVE tickets. We are currently working with all of our vendors and the state park to get through the situation in a way that takes care of everyone involved in the state park staff who we've worked with up to this point. That being said, our plan is to give some type of partial refund for tickets, access to the virtual summit with our speakers, and also give credit for our next event that we will host, which because of this fiasco is going to happen. I know this affects everyone a great 
great deal. Our main goal at this point is to handle this in a way that is straightforward, fair, and to treat everyone the best we possibly can. Trust me when I tell you this is a massive weight and it breaks my heart to do this. For next steps, we have secured a studio space with our friends at Armosa Studios and are in the process of talking with our speakers to confirm they can all still present for the live stream. The state park is still open and there are still people in Gunnersville. So at this time, you're more than welcome to still come to the park. We'll be posting updates here throughout the day as quickly as we can give them. We love all of you in this community and hope you understand the thought and intention behind this decision. I clicked post on the status from my phone right before hopping on a plane to go back to Alabama from Palm Springs. And I was completely unsure of how everybody would react and if people would be just straight up mad at me. We already had over 100 attendees on site as a lot of people get there early. So people were already at the conference waiting on it to start. So we were going to have to pack up and leave the people who came to our event. Also, the days leading up to the conference, a lot of people online, not just RVE Summit, but people in general didn't know about the situation. And a lot of people felt like it was being overhyped. Now we know it wasn't. So I didn't know if people were going to be upset at us. The response was overwhelmingly positive, though. Everyone was rightfully bummed out, but completely understandable. The morning after we canceled the RVE Summit, Alyssa and I hopped on a Zoom call with Jed and Michelle, who helped us organize our conference, and we created a master list of items that we needed to do to take care of canceling our conference. So if you're ever thinking about trying to plan a virtual conference in just a few days, this list may be actually kind of helpful. Here's that list. Confirming all of our speakers would be willing or able to shift their talk to a virtual one. We ended up having one-third of our speakers pre-record their presentation, another one-third call into Zoom to do it live, and another one-third come into the studio to speak directly to the camera. This format really ended up working pretty well as it flowed more like a live actual event, but we had buffer room for all the pre-recorded sessions, so if we needed to do anything off-camera, we could take care of it during that time, and we ended up having 100% of our speakers willing and able to transfer to the live stream. Creating new sponsor agreements for all of our sponsors, as well as integrating them into the virtual experience in a way that would still be valuable for them, and then having more calls with all of them. So essentially, I I had to call Winnebago and Domatic and Camping World and all these companies that have sponsored our conference for years and who actually were planning on having brand new product on site. Keystone was actually launching a brand new fifth wheel with the Flipping Nomad at our conference. And these are not things that are easily translated into online events. But to their credit, I remember picking up the phone and having to call each one of those sponsors. And in the back of my mind, I was thinking we're not going to be able to provide for them the agreement for which we laid out in our contract. And I'd have no qualms if they decided to cancel and back out because we weren't providing what we said. And to their credit, 100% of them stayed on board and just said, Heath, anything we can do to help make this an amazing virtual event, we're here for it and let us know. So we ended up having a virtual product launch. We did everything and we transitioned it to an online event and all of our sponsors. If any of you are listening to this, thank you so much. You're amazing. Another item on the checklist was picking a live streaming platform to use. We ended up using an actual platform called Livestream that you may have heard of. It's owned by and integrates with Vimeo. So our attendees had access to a page on our Teachable account where we streamed the live stream and people could comment, ask questions, and we we could poll everyone watching. So it was kind of engaging and it worked really, really well from a live stream perspective. Next on the list was communicating with all of our attendees as quickly as possible. This was probably what I felt was one of the biggest takeaways during this time for me. We were posting two to three daily updates in our Facebook group into the email list. And I felt the key was that it can be better to over communicate during a time like this in a crisis time with less information than wait until you have everything figured out. It could kind of be one of those situations where you're thinking, I need to wait until I've got all my ducks in a row. But what I learned during this time was it's better to communicate with imperfect information than sit on what you have, especially if people are trying to make plans around what you're doing. 
we had to figure out how we could integrate some of our more casual meetups into a virtual conference experience. A lot of these were meetups of people coming together on site and they're really centered around community. So there were things like beer tastings or a photography meetup. And so we were trying to think, how can we try to cultivate community when it's all going to be online and socially distanced? And so what we did was we let some of our attendees host and take over our Facebook page and just broadcast out their meetup where they were doing yoga or things like that. And it went over really, really well. A Facebook Live ended up being a really good platform for that. And it ended up being a way that we could also promote some of those attendees who may have a blog or social media account that they wanted to tag as well. We had to reach out to all of our vendors to see if any of our re- deposits were refundable. Some of them were, many of them weren't. Uh, that's just the case for a lot of people who had to cancel events during this time. Deciding how we would issue refunds, we ended up issuing a partial refund, as I mentioned above, transitioned everything to a virtual event, and then we also shipped out everybody's swag. So by the time we finished our conference, people that did not already show up in Gunnersville, we gave the people who showed up already their swag, but everybody who did not, we actually mailed it out to them, express mail or whatever you call it, and they had it before the end of our event. So we did a large group photo on Zoom and everybody shared their photos. I'll post it in the show notes for this if you want to check it out. And then lastly, drinking more wine than we had originally had planned. So that's pretty much how you plan a conference in a handful of days. This period was a good reminder of Parkinson's law, if you've ever heard of it, which is basically states the amount of work you do stretches to the amount of time that you give it. We didn't have more than a few days to pull everything together, and we really couldn't afford the ability to second-guess decisions. We just had to make them and hope for the best. And it was a really, really good practice of trying to do a lot in a short amount of time and just being okay with the fact that you could be wrong. It was kind of like, why do we even spend nine months planning the summit? It only takes one week, you know what I mean? <laughs> of really like hyper yeah. focused time. <laughs> kind of also begs the question, can you just put on a really profitable virtual event with minimal overhead? I mean, I kind of feel like that's the wrong question. Like, I think you and I could put on some seriously awesome virtual events. We we know so many great people from the podcast that we could do once a quarter. We could do like one day virtual events or whatever, but I think it wouldn't be rewarding for us because standing there in that studio, even just interacting with people in chat, it's it's just kind of... Not the, same. the whole point is okay. to gather people in person, right? Yeah, like, like for us, we, we really learned that this time, that the learning from it is great. The hiking and stuff, that's fun. But like the conversations of actually getting to sit and talk to someone, like people have gotten their masterminds, like met their best friends, like started businesses together because yeah. of the in-person interaction. And when you lose that, for us, it's there's no point in doing it. So, so we weren't planning on doing another summit. Yeah. Time for this conversation, huh? This year really hasn't been what anybody thought it would be. We thought we were going to host an in-person conference and that changed. And I know that everybody listening to this has had to make changes or pivots large and small in their business and probably their personal lives this year in a lot of different ways. There's a saying, I don't exactly remember where I heard of it, but I think it's relevant for kind of all the pivots that we've had to make this year, which is that whether or not this is true, it's still a helpful frame of mind. And the frame of mind is that things don't happen to you, they happen for you. I know that's a corny rah-rah thing to say, but I really just believe it. And I think that in times like this, when it felt really overwhelming in the moment to have to change up the biggest thing that we do all year, uh, it offered an experience to ultimately learn and grow and push ourselves outside our comfort zones to just see what we can do and know that it's possible and know 
that when things get really bad, we can figure it out. And so I hope wherever you're listening to this, whatever is going on, whatever you're working on in your business or you're excited about, as you will have to make pivots in the future at some point that you're going to figure it out and it's going to be great. I want to thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. It's been a blast to get back and to recording it. On the next episode is actually one of our speakers from the RV Entrepreneur Summit. Her name is Kathy Holcomb. She is one of the most adventurous women that I know. So is her daughter and her husband, Peter, and they are adventure kayakers and photographers. They work with brands like Red Bull and Winnebago. And she shares a talk at the summit that I think everybody should listen to, which is how to survive and thrive during uncertain times, specifically as it relates to building a business. This is pretty uncertain times right now. So in the next episode, you can listen to Kathy's entire talk from this year's RV Entrepreneur Summit. Thank you guys so much again for listening, and I'll see you next time on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast.